Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Three thirty-five. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. By the way, if I'm BB Netanyahu, I call Joe Biden and I tell him, Kishmir Tuchus, I, I don't give a rat's behind what you have to say about our judicial reforms. By the way, just for the record, I mean, I hate when facts get in the way of these carefully crafted narratives, but the reality is what Netanyahu is doing now brings the Israeli judiciary in line with what all the other parliamentary democracies do. In fact, it's exactly what we do. It will be elected politicians representing the people appointing these folks. And I I know that uh, uh, it doesn't often come up, but the Israeli Supreme Court has 15 members. 14 of them are avowed leftists. Any questions? Didn't think so. Uh, If you, like me, are a regular reader of the Wall Street Journal, you are a fan, whether you realize it or not, of uh, Kimberly Strassel. She does an amazing job as part of the editorial board. She's got a brand new book out. Uh, Her weekly uh, Potomac Watch is something that is not to be missed. Uh, Kimberly, thank you so much for being here. Oh, Jeff, it is just great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, listen, the pleasure is my. First of all, let me say I love, I absolutely love uh, what you do at the Journal. I look forward to uh, Potomac Watch. I, I just, I, I don't know where you get the information and then craft it the way that you do, but uh, man, it's a treat every time I see it. Oh, that is so kind of you. It is always so nice to hear. Um, I am just fortunate to know a lot of people in Washington that know a lot more than I do, and they tell me what they know. <laughs> All right. And so, so what are they telling you about uh, the disaster that is the Biden administration? I mean, your new book is, is the Biden malaise, and the subtitle is the one that attracted me because I'm thinking, yeah, I get the first part, but how we, America, can bounce back from uh, Jimmy Carter version 2.0? Spill the beans, Kim. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's a really remarkable comparison because at least on the top line, there seems to be so many parallels. You know, inflation, high energy costs, foreign policy debacles, as you were just discussing. Um, But when you dig in, you realize how unfair that comparison is to Jimmy Carter. (laughs) Because, I mean, this is a guy, he he inherited a really tough situation, high unemployment, high inflation already, uh, no energy domestically to speak of. And he was at least trying to fix some problems that existed. Joe Biden took a a wonderful situation, a country that was a net exporter of oil, 
uh, low inflation, an economy that was just about to roar back from COVID. And he he broke the bank and, and imposed all these regulations, not to fix a problem, but to change, structurally transform the United States into something more resembling European-style social welfare. And, and we now are living the disaster. So um, I'm really hopeful that uh, people are beginning to understand how unnecessary this was. They, they're rejecting these policies. And there's an opportunity here, I think, for those of us who care about free markets and free people with this next election to get someone in office that 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 is, has a wide mandate from the wide swath of America that is unhappy with Biden policies. Kimberly Strassel is joining us. Her uh, latest book is called The Biden Malaise, and it's it's about how we might be able to uh, to bounce back from this. So I just read today, Kimberly, that uh, the Biden reelection team has three people and that the policy is apparently going to once again be he's in the basement and leave it all to the DNC. Does that uh, does that strike you as as workable? Well, I mean, I think there's still a 50-50 shot that we don't even have Biden as the nominee. Um, I think what they're doing is essentially a kind of campaign in waiting, as it were. Uh, I mean, let's see if he's really going to do this. Um, I think that there's a good shot that he chooses not to in the end because of health issues or, or mental decline. Um, I think there's an equally good chance that there is a, a Democratic, aggressive, ambitious person. I mean, look, Gavin Newsom is already running a campaign. He's just yes. sitting there waiting. Yes. Um, but I think that uh, somebody may well challenge him the way that Ted Kennedy challenged Jimmy Carter in the end. And I still don't understand why it hasn't already happened, because whoever challenged Biden would have a far better chance of knocking him off than Kennedy did against Carter back in the 70s. Wow. So so you're saying a 50-50 shot that uh, we even have Biden running. It can't be anybody from his administration, though, right? Because they've given us his carefully crafted malaise. Well, right, exactly. And how are you going to run on that record? And I mean, I, of course, the idea of Kamala Harris is almost laughable, although I'm sure that that's a part of the calculation factoring in here. If he were to get out, does he just leave her high and dry? She'd surely feel entitled to run. But that's never going to I mean, that's never going to pan out. Yeah. So um I think, look, it's also a reflection of uh, uh, an 80-year-old president who, let's be clear, does not have the juice to run a presidential campaign. It's a grueling ordeal. And and we already know, just from watching him every day, the difficulties that he's having. Um, so this may also just be a reflection of physical reality. Wow. What about the role of, say, the Randy Weingartens? I, 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 I look at this and I think I, I don't remember voting for her. I don't know exactly why the AFT is involved in all of these decisions, but apparently they know my kids better than I know my kids. And, and Joe Biden seems totally on board with this nonsense. Yeah, a fun little story, by the way, just from the book. Um, you know how we ended up with the Department of Education. Um, it was the deal that Jimmy Carter made with the National Educational Association and the AFT uh, to get their endorsements for president. Uh, he promised them that they'd get a whole new cabinet department out of it. And since that moment, they have become yet another branch of this special interest, which over my lifetime covering politics 
the sway those outside groups have over the Democratic Party today is really striking. It's not just the teachers' unions. It's the trial lawyers. Yep. Um, it's, it's unions writ large, um, all the things that they demand. I mean, think of that story we know about how they essentially wrote the wrote the playbook on school reopenings for the cdc um they are essentially running government and the reason this happens is because the democratic party knows that they then turn out and force to help them win elections it's craziness now the thing with jimmy carter is that i am i am of an age i can remember jimmy carter and i can remember the first time i got to vote was for ronald reagan's re-election and i felt energized even then is there somebody out there, I say on my side of the aisle, that I, sh- that I need to know about? Is it former President Trump? Is it Ron DeSantis? Is it Tim Scott? Does anybody have that sort of vim and vigor and juice, as you said? Well, that's a huge part of the book. The whole last third of the book is looking at this question, because I remind everyone, not just of the Biden-Carter comparisons in terms of policies, but what came after Carter, which obviously, as you mentioned, is Reagan. And Reagan not only took the backlash against Carter's policies, he didn't just use it to win two elections. He used it to change electoral politics in the country for a generation. Right. I mean, Reagan Democrats, I mean, the the whole country shifted in a a, a way. I I think we could be looking at a similar moment, but it's all going to come down to whether or not conservatives understand the importance of that moment and try to get somebody who has no one. There's never going to be another Ronald Reagan, but you got to get somebody who can follow what Reagan did. And that was two things. One, to have an agenda that had a vision for the future whether you clearly laid out what you want to see happen and how you're going to fix the problems that exist now, but two, a message of optimism, because that's the cure for the malaise is Reagan brought people in because he, they, first of all, they didn't feel scared by him or his policies because Mm -hmm. he was talking about a shining city on the hill, getting us back to a lot of values that everyone agrees with in this country, pretty much everyone, even if we might fight over specifics. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we need a candidate I really believe I I don't endorse and I I don't pick sides, but we need a candidate who is a little sunnier than what we see coming out of most of the field at the moment. Interesting. All right. Uh, Kim Strassel is joining us, and I I know I'm holding you far longer than I'm supposed to, but I... No! (laughs) Kim, I don't often get the opportunity to speak with somebody as brilliant as you are, and so, by God, I'm doing it until you hang up the phone, but... you, you know, you lay out the malaise, and, and, and I would I would assert that everyone, even Democrats behind closed doors, get it. Man, this is just not what we signed on for. It's the extremists over here. Uh, but I do worry about my side. I, we're talking about finding somebody with that optimism with the rest of it. Uh, there is one thing that my side is always able to do. We are always able to assemble the circular firing squad. And the Democrats always seem to say, well, whatever, we're in with whoever uh, has been chosen. And, and so you're talking about this, as you say, in the in the, the last third of your book. Do you feel it? Do you sense it out there that there is somebody on the Republican side who can do exactly what you're talking about? Well, to your point, by the way, on circular firing squads, I I agree with you, and it is such a pity. I mean, look, I love competition, and I love debate. I mean, that's why I do what I do. We should be having a debate over ideas. 
Yep. Um, but that's different from Reagan's 11th commandment, which is thou shalt not speak ill of a fellow Republican. Um, if your goal in this primary is just to destroy your opposition with, you know, slurs and, and claims that they're un-American or unpatriotic or exact, like that's, that doesn't help anybody. Um, we need to be having a fight over ideas. But, you know, look out, out there. I, I, sometimes I wish we could mash a few people together. <laughs> you know, y- 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 you look at Vivek Ramaswamy, his yes. ideas are just fascinating. I love the energy that comes out of him. I love Tim Scott optimism you know people love donald trump's fight uh like people should love uh ron DeSantis's record uh, where he really has shown he could get things done um i'm kind of hopeful that i haven't watched a lot of these presidential races like you have sometimes candidates grow they kind of shift they they finally hit their mojo um we're, we're gonna see we still got a long way to go here let's see if somebody doesn't manage to to lift a few of these things and package them together for the long run i love that i love that idea hey kim let me ask you for folks who are listening and they'd like to get a copy of the biden malaise uh well actually they want the second part of the book how we're able to overcome the biden malaise <laughs> so you should have done this in two parts we all get the first part but i'm telling you it is the solution what's the best way for folks to get a copy Oh, Amazon is, is your, your surest bet, but hopefully, you know, the, the, your local Barnes and Noble or local bookseller would have a couple copies, too. But, yeah, you can certainly go online and get it online. Okay, well, that's what we're going to do. We'll put it up on all of our social media channels. And uh, if you don't mind, I'd love to get you back to explore it a little bit more and, you know, sell, uh, sell one or two uh, additional copies. Yeah, anytime, or just to chat about anything. I would love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work, please. You bet. That is Kimberly Strassel. She is part of the Wall Street Journal editorial board. She's an incredible writer. I'm telling you right now, Potomac Watch uh, is the column. It's uh, uh, weekly, as memory serves, weekly. And it's, it's just great stuff. How she gets it, where she gets it from, who she knows, how she knows, I don't know. But I'm telling you, if you're not reading her stuff, then you are doing a disservice to yourself. It's worth the cost of the Wall Street Journal subscription, paywall, etc. And the new book, it's called The Biden Malaise, and I get it. We all are suffering with the Biden Malaise. It is the second part of the book that I think is, is even more important than the first, How America Bounces Back back from joe biden's dismal repeat of the jimmy carter years and you heard what kimberly said that assessment is unfair to jimmy carter go figure jeff katz news radio wrva hey rob bradford here i have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what i have known for some time baseball isn't boring now i have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show players managers gms and yes even the commissioner of baseball rob manfred it has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices so join the revolution subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring listen on your odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast you'll be glad you did